and welcome to another episode of Drag Hags, where three ladies of a certain age discuss RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race, Season 10, Episode 2, The Farmer Roosevelt. So I'm Jan. I'm Ren. I'm MC. So this week, we had a lip sync dance musical. Uh, Extravaganza! Uh, called The Farmer Roosevelt. Um and we started off with a rehab, a recap of last week when we said goodbye to Vanessa Van de Mateo. Miss Vanji. Miss Vanji. Miss Vanji. In the week that, you know, transpired, Miss Vanji became an absolute uh, internet uh, meme of many memes. And Rue has been busy uh, retweeting. Basically, if there is one that crosses Rue's path, Rue will retweet it. Um, so Rue is like taken in by this whole thing. I don't mean like that. Rue has been he just sort of embraced it. Taken away. Taken away. Yes, he doesn't take it like Calgon. I don't think it's a con. I think it's just a thing that's happening. And for the moment, you know, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo is certainly a pop culture icon, a star in the internet firmament. Cinema firmament. <laughs> Does that initiate people? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but she's become a thing. Um, and yes. Congratulations to her. She made. Yeah, good on her. But I, I honestly don't think there's anybody who's left the first episode of the season that has gotten that much attention, like, as soon as they left. Um, most of them are sort of unmemorable. Unmemorable? Except for Shangela. Shangela. Well, yes. Well, Shangela, that came up later uh, once she came back, so. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, also, I mean, you could also say that Porkchop did end up developing a following just because Rue kept on going, hey, Porkchop. So, yeah. yeah, this is very soon for there to be such a reaction to it, so. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's good, and I'm sure it's going to help her career a lot, so hopefully she'll go on. Um, and then we got some, we, I guess we saw the workroom, we had some Monet drama and some Monet uh, drama. There, there's... Versus Cracker again. And the Vixen was a shit sir. Vixen was naming names and wanted to, you know, Vixen basically wants to, to be in RuPaul's fight club. Yes. And Monet wants a popcorn concession. Yes, and Aquaria just wants to be the drama queen. But, you know, she ain't bothered. I'm not bothered by it. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I ain't bothered. You're expecting the house of, Dis- of Aquaria? Vixen, if you if Vixen, if you want to fight, find a fight to fight that's yours. Right. Not these other people. Like, I mean, maybe it's a head game. Maybe she sees Aquaria and Cracker as really strong competition and she wants to pit them against each other so that they psych each other out and then she can like kind of coast through that's kind of the only thing i can really see why she's doing this other than her being an asshole which i think is well i think she's some, I think, it's, it's I think some people just yeah. like thrive on other people's drama they get off yeah. on setting people off against one another which sucks i hate people. well you know right right before they went into the opening credits you know vix they showed vixen holding up a a, 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 a handwritten sign and that sign said, the vixen will fight you. Okay, I missed that. Yeah, I had I had to go back and watch that several times to catch that. But it's like, okay, Ogo, okay, you're, you're just here, here to make shit. Okay. Yeah, I'm, you know, again, VH1, we don't need this fucking drama. We're here for the competition, not just to watch people, you know, battle it out. I mean, it's Thunderdome, but it's not Thunderdome. Right, but, but nevertheless, you know, because it, it's shown on camera, does that mean that it actually happened? So yeah, vixen is there. Disrespect to the city of Chicago by trying to bring all this drama. You know, Chicagoans, you know, do not 
love the drama for the most part and and she's just like you know being contrary to everything you know that i think real chicago would like me to stand for i mean i'm just thinking about all of the different fights that have occurred on rupaul's drag race and if you look at the early seasons like when you get your bitch i'm from chicago or you know go back to party city all that shit seemed really organic like i mean i don't know how organic it actually was but even just based on how what they showed us it's like it felt real well, this feels like, oh, well, we have to have a, you know, competitive aspect. So, you yeah. know, let's sh- it stir the shit. Season five, you know, the, the the whole Lisa versus Coco thing in season five was was very much like that's the first time they, they forced drama on us instead of letting the drama develop out, out of the personal interaction. Yeah. Right. If you think of something like Fifi and Sharon, it was just two per- a major personality clash and a lot of jealousy and a lot of shit. And I think that was organic. You know, I don't know how well they knew each other beforehand, but it's yeah. they they certainly graded on each other, and it went from there. Even somebody like yeah. Jinx and Roxy, I don't think that was manufactured. I think that was personality clashes and people being jealous and really underestimating Jinx. Whereas yeah. everything else is just like just feels like it's manufactured and it's there to like set things off. And you know what? If your contestants are that boring and your show is that boring that you have to make up the shit, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I don't know. Maybe you just make more interesting challenges where it's like really interesting to watch people practice their choreography or, you know, put stuff together, which is the shit that I'm interested in. I want to watch all of that. But but I think I get the impression that they're very much decided on, oh, these are queens. So therefore, oh, my God, drama. Yeah. And it aren't, they aren't paying attention to the art. <laughs> as much to the artistic aspects of this all being a drag queen thing. Because yeah. it involves a lot of creativity, a lot of artistry, and, and that keeps getting shoved aside because, oh, she's doing like that, and he's doing like that, and oh my god. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, so we have that, and it's going to go on. And our guest judges to Halsey, who I only knew because she's on some commercial. Not that I actually think she has a career or anything but it was just like i kept seeing her talking about being unique and a musician and to me she sounded like every other thing and i'm like okay and also padma lakshmi who uh hosts top chef and her her magnificent cleavage which was only rivaled by michelle's as always (laughs) no you know i had no clue about either one so i figured that i am in the uh the old person category because it's like you know it got to the point with, with like weird al's music where it's like i have no idea what the hell he's parroting and I'm like, I have no the, no idea who the hell these people are just because I'm old. No, I know who but I know who Padma was. Padma actually was married to Salman Rushdie for about three. Oh, um, wow! Yeah, and they had a nasty divorce. And I'm gonna check because I'm pretty sure that Padma was also on an episode of Enterprise. I'm gonna. Oh, ninety nine percent sure that she. Yep, uh, she was on Star Trek Enterprise. Does that mean she's met Scott? Uh, yeah. Though I, I think she was. I don't, it's been a while since I've seen the episode. It's sort of the one that's similar to like Alana Troyes and sim, similar to The Perfect Mate. Okay, 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 okay. I don't okay, remember yeah, who okay. she like dealt with. It, it was either, it was either Tucker or it was Archer and I don't remember. But yes, she was on. I have to say I was really bothered that Alyssa wasn't one of the judges because usually yeah. they have one of the choreographers be the judges and who doesn't want to see Alyssa motherfucking Edwards at the judges table reading Girls see, for Filth. Yeah. yeah. I want I want to see queens at the table. Why aren't there queens at the table? You're right. Alyssa should have been there because if Todd Hall was doing the choreography, he would have been a total judge. Right. And she also, um, Padma was also on the, the, the USA series Royal Pains. Um, I think she was somebody's love. Okay. Yeah. And she was also she worked with Sean Bean, 
in Sharp's challenge, and also as uh, Rue pointed out, she was actually in the movie Glitter with Mariah Carey. Someone had to be. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew who she was, but the other one I had no clue whatsoever. Um, you know, and just like I just like I said, I know Podden is also she's written books and stuff, so she's been around. But the other one, Halsey, whatever. But yeah, no, I mean, like if it was Todrick, Todrick totally would have judged. So why? Would, yeah, Candace Kane used to judge also. Yeah, if yeah. Candace Kane, she would have been judging. But it's like, why did you give that respect to Alyssa? That's a very good question, especially when. And you like, know, Alyssa would have had shit to say. Oh, oh yes. my gosh, she would have read. She would have been an awesome judge. Yeah, so that's a very good point because. Where was Alyssa? Um, before Alyssa showed up, we actually had our mini challenge, which was Quick Drag and a Hoedown with Andy Cohen, who seemed like a really odd choice to pick for something that was country. Um, I don't know. Real Housewives of Country Realness? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know who Andy... Whatever. I, uh, and he's oh. a friend of Anderson Cooper, and he also has the show um, on uh, Bravo, which I'm blocking on the name of now. It's like, what happened oh. here? Oh, what happens live? Yeah, what happens live? The Andy's okay, 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 yeah, yeah. So okay. I mean, he's like you know, he's well known in the gay community and pop culture and all that stuff. Yeah. So now you know how untouched I am with real pop culture. All right. Hey, so I don't even watch these shows, but I know who these people. Yeah, but you know who? You see, but I yeah, I used to, like <laughs> I used to know this stuff. Even if I didn't watch it, I would know this stuff. But now I'm like, no, whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. The mini challenge just. Yeah. It was a mini challenge. Yeah. I mean, we we might have words. I have words for every contestant. If yeah, no, I I don't have large critiques because it was kind of like overall was a very much why. Yeah, I was just like, oh, we need to do something. Let's have a hoedown, ho ho. Um, I my notes yeah. are basically like, what the fuck is Vixen wearing? That's not very country. Cap more like a hippie than a cowgirl. Uh. Miss Cracker is Country Barbie. What the fuck is Aquaria wearing? What is Blair wearing? And then something about Monet. <laughs> All right. Also, Vixen's dancing wasn't country either. No, it wasn't. So I don't understand how she won. All right. So what, what I've got is um, Dusty was kind of a real stereotype hick person and kind of lame. Vixen looked more like Wanda Wayne from In Living Color than actually anything country. Yep. Counter is all right. You are with her, her milking was like, go oh, girl, really? Yeah, that was kind of mm. gross. Cameron looked like Miley Cyrus more than anything else. <laughs> Asia was, was kind of like the bastard love child of Kim Wyans from In Living Color and Aisha Taylor from the, the, the tacky video. <laughs> Monique lost a wig, game over. Miss Cracker is really tiny. Yes, she is. Monet didn't stand out. Mayhem lost her wig. Acryer was being a supergirl and not anything country. Eureka was like, yeah, okay. Blair was being Christian Chenoweth, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. I, and and it turned out that in Living Color won because both Asia and the Vixen were the two winners of the mini challenge. I thought the line dancing sequence at the end was really cute, just when Rue and like Andy Cohen were dancing. Oh yeah, I mean, it didn't add anything, but it was just kind of a nice, like you know, non-dramatic. We're having fun. Look at us. You know, we're just doing our own thing. Moment, and it was also nice to see Rue do something. Oh, like yeah. sit behind a desk or like work on the workroom and you know in impart wisdom so I don't, yeah it's like a very relaxing moment um so the two winners yes were asia and vixen and after vixen i wrote why um but i don't know the judges seem to like the vixen more than we do uh, yeah. yeah and so then we had our maxi challenge which was going to be two teams 
to do the uh, Farmer Rusical mu Musical. Um, and the two teams broke down to Asia picking Aquaria, Monique, Dusty Ray, Yuha, and Calvary, and the Vixen who picked Cameron, Cracker, uh, Monet, Blair, and Mayhem. And, and as in any challenge, you know, where we've got people picking teams, the fat girls last. Right. I was going to say, poor Eureka, I know exactly what she's going through. I know really well and it just made me sad to be fair I, well i mean like i mean asia was an asshole to eureka this whole episode yes. but oh i can understand gosh, yes. eureka being chosen last she just had knee surgery so i think people were very hesitant to bring her on and we see later it's with good reason so yeah yes. but I, I my next note was asia was being a bitch to her immediately um it just like and from personal experience, we're going to get a little group therapy here, I suspect. Um, but somebody who was the fat girl who was never picked for the team, it's bad enough being picked worse, last for the team. And then to know that you're being resented and nobody wants you on that team when you're the teacher then says, okay, you go on this team or you can pick the team. But 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 I thought it was a plus that that Eureka could pick the team. Yeah. Because, you know, way back in the day, it's like, okay, you got on that team, you know, if you're the last person, if it was uneven. And it's just like, whatever but but at least you know Eureka had some um power to it right. and you know that's something that that you know never happens you know it had never happened back in the day yeah and i was actually happy that she and calorie had bonded with friends and you know the big girl club and they were very i think they helped each other to some extent so that was yeah. me. but like i said i i unfortunately for me i sort of like empathized way too much with eureka's situation i think it's adding to the stress that she's already putting herself through it did not happen Oh, yeah. on that particular path so yeah uh, and then we were told there's an extra special guest choreographer and for anybody who saw the coming attractions all damn week Elisa Edwards. Um, yeah i mean i don't even know why they bother doing all these it's gonna be a surprise guest because they always spoiled them beforehand so let's like stop doing that yeah it's silly i mean i think the promotions with it is is to get people to watch but I think they also keep it a, a, a secret for the contestants, so you get a genuine reaction. We see, oh my God, it's Alyssa, kind of thing. Yeah. And so I could I could get it from from a staging standpoint, but it's also really annoying. Yeah, it's just badly done. It's like you know, I, I would rather they do the old like game show thing where the contestants don't know it, but you know, our special guest for the week is going to be. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sign Alyssa Edwards, so the audience can go yay, and then thinking he he, they don't know what they're in for. So I just would rather they play it that way than to like make it this big secret like nobody knows including the audience except the audience already freaking knows who's gonna be yeah i i hate to give aquafina credit for anything but i liked her talking head that for a good performance you've got to keep your lip sync straight your choreography gay and your characterization by curious yes <laughs> all right th you know that was a good quote but I don't think she actually delivered that on her performance. Right, I think she. she yeah, no, that her performance was terrible. But yeah. so we, <laughs> first we went back to the workroom and we saw that Vixen's team was not rehearsing. They were busy like getting into character and interacting, while Asia's group was sort of uh, they were practicing their choreography and reading scripts, etc. And I think again we were looking at the drama because we saw Asia bitching about how Eureka was always talking and talking and talking and drove Asia crazy. And then we saw Eureka talking and talking and asking a lot of questions and possibly not listening to her group leader the way she ought to, but... Right. But also, Vixen was very much like, okay, yeah, I don't need your opinion. You know, I don't need your opinion. Just shut up. I'm the leader. Just shut up. Right. 
<laughs> no, I, I didn't. I thought both Asia and Vixen came off very poorly, but I thought Vixen came off worse because Vixen was like, I'm going to keep control of everybody. And then they didn't seem to be doing anything. So Right, right. It was like trying to micromanage and it didn't seem to work. Right. Yeah, and I mean, because I mean, at the very least, like, Asia, while she might not have seemed to have been listening to Eureka, the whole thing that Eureka said about, you know, like, the, the start of the Welcome to Ruko Labs, they fucking used that. Yeah, I I think it was just the way it was cut and, you know, also just hearing that Asia was, like, annoyed by Eureka, actually. And I think Eureka was trying generally trying to help. I, yeah. Maybe it didn't come out as well as it ought to or, you know, there was weird group dynamic. But I think Eureka was also... And maybe I'm reading too much into it. She was on this team that she wasn't necessarily picked for. And she was really trying to say, hey, I'm here. Hey, look at me. You know, let me let me try and, and, and help out. Let me, you know. Right. There's a word I'm blanking on right now because this is the way my brain is going. Contribute. She was trying to contribute to things. You know, it, it felt like she was at least trying hard to make herself useful in the group. Whereas, yeah, mm-hmm. the Vixen was very micromanaging and then not doing anything. Ru- yeah, well, RuPaul in the work room. Okay, yeah, I Which that. was like, so exciting to see because it's like yeah i totally wanted to see that all throughout all, all stars and we did not get any of that right so in fact having rue come in and and throw some shade where it's shady to be thrown it was brilliant yeah and also talking you're right and talking to people just asking them what they're doing how they were planning on showing it what was going on and showing Rue actually yeah. connected with connecting with the queens as compared to all stars where yeah we felt like it was it was on another planet but it was you know Aquarius revealed that she was born in 1996 and i heard that and i was like no that's when my kid was born no you know because you know my kid's not an asshole why are you an asshole you're the same age you know i was yeah 1996 i was running a barbie convention and then i was laid up for six months with uh mono i couldn't even think about you know having yeah but yeah yeah, but, you know, so, you know, Rue doubted that a career could serve, you know, the middle-aged realness, and... Rue was not wrong. It turned out she was right, and, yeah. um, Erika was very much like, yeah, 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 I'm fine, but, you know, in the confessional, no, not really. Yeah, Eureka was trying to put on a brave face, and it was not working at all. And, uh, the only thing that that team Vixen was dinged for by Rue was not having any choreography planned yet. Yeah. Which, which, which you know, in the long run, didn't really matter for them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we had a lot of workroom stuff. Then we got Alyssa. Yay! Yeah, one crazy Alyssa glory, which I, I, and I love Alyssa. Alyssa's batshit crazy, but I love watching Alyssa do her thing. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, the great thing about having Alyssa be the choreographer is that, I mean, she knows the shit. She teaches oh, the yeah. shit to kids. So she can talk to these contestants and actually, like, be supportive of them because one thing they've always found with the other choreographers is that they've always been like really rough and a lot of the times these people are not dancers like some of them have some dancing experience but that's not universal so you need to have somebody who is a bit nicer in dealing with them and so Alyssa is somebody who deals with kids she's someone who's gone through it herself so yeah i just appreciate what she did and i also just seeing her interactions it just felt like she was doing more i mean maybe they showed us more than they ever did with todrick but it felt like a more complete thing it didn't not you know to shade her she was very she was very hard on them as well but she's also 
supportive in her hardness. So she she was like, you know, she's being a stern taskmaster master as opposed to being, you know, like being a being a bitch about it. Yeah. Right. And I also appreciated the fact that Alyssa also picked up, you know, obviously it was very obvious to see that Eureka was a hot mess and Eureka was not doing well. And Alyssa reached out and said, are you okay? What's going on? I thought it was like not something we necessarily would have gotten from Todrick or Candace or any of the other people that have been yeah. there. It was, just, it was a really nice moment of empathy from Alyssa. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that from Alyssa before. Like she was the first person to pick up that a door wasn't doing well. Yeah. Which right. yeah. So I, I think that I think Alyssa's just a really good person who will, you know, recognize that kind of stuff. And again, like she's been through this kind of shit before. So she's gonna recognize it and, you know, actually be supportive of it rather than just being like, Oh, whatever, they're gonna get cut. Yeah, and I think, you know, we saw the drag mom in her coming out a little bit, too, because we know that she's drag mom, at least to, to Shangela and to Laganja and at least one other person. Gia. Gia. So there's there's a familial thing. She knows, like, how to be mothering and, and right. without coddling somebody and just be like, oh, yeah, you're fine, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, I just thought that was nice. And it was just great to see her interacting with queens again. Um, yeah. Because yeah. she was in charge, so she, there was not the competition. There was no drama. She was just kind of being the teacher. Um, and I loved her yeah. title, where she's Alyssa Edwards, Drag Race Royalty. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, indeed. She's certainly a princess. Yeah. So um, then we also, we found out when we were, we saw uh, the Vixens team that, uh, something that confused me, because Blair was having a lot of problems dancing, but Blair says she's a Broadway queen, and in the first episode, she says she can sing, she can dance, especially tap dance, but somehow she was tripping over her own two left feet, which I thought was kind of... Interesting. I, I, I don't know. I'm wondering if by Broadway queen means that she likes to go to Broadway shows a lot. Yeah, I mean, like I said, she said she sings and dances and tap dances, and I wasn't seeing any of that. So I was just like, okay, have you padded your resume? And yeah, I want to be, you know, Debbie Reynolds or Anne Margaret, but in my head. <laughs> I'm going to cut her a bit of slack because she's young. Yep. And uh, she may have been really intimidated by, by seeing Alyssa freaking Edwards out there because, you know, as they said, you know, drag race royalty. Yeah. And um, if you're a young thing and this is who is choreographing your, your, your first really big dance number, yeah, you're going to freak out a bit. Yeah. I just yeah. wonder how much experience she actually has in terms of doing shows, which is fine. It was just it was just a funny thing because it kind of... No, uh, yeah. You know, that maybe you don't have as much experience as you let on initially. Yeah, no, I mean, like, Alyssa did equate her to Pinocchio, but I was actually thinking more Bambi learning how to walk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's what was it the Vixen taught when she was talking about uh, deer caught in the headlights thing. I think she actually meant Bambi. So, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely that sort of cultish, I, I don't know what I'm doing with my feet kind of thing. But it was boring. Yeah. I didn't think it was a bad thing. It was just kind of like, yeah, maybe not so much the hoofer. Um, but... We'll see. So then we went back to the workroom again, I think, according to my notes. Um, and Eureka was freaking out even more. He, like, confessed to Alyssa that she was nervous and that there was PTSD involved. And actually, um, just as a side, because I know there were some people that I know who were mocking Eureka for using the words PTSD um, as describing her symptoms. But she was traumatized and you go through like surgery and stuff and not knowing what the hell is going to happen afterwards i'm sorry that's a trauma i would it is so for people yeah to like mock them and say oh she shouldn't say that because it was not like you know she was shot at or something it's still a trauma it's still an emotional thing emotional scar yeah because there's a major injury and, and it's taken you know months and months and months to recover from and being able you know that time not being able to walk 
or things like that. Yeah, that's going to be freaking, you know, you know, traumatizing. If I recall correctly, she tore her, um, was it her ACL? Yeah. yeah. And it was possible that she wasn't going to be able to walk again. Right. Yes. And and then, I mean, to be in that condition and then also not only, not only are you going to walk again, if you're ever going to be able to do what's your livelihood again, because she can't walk, she can't dance, she can't be on stage. And it's like, and, and she's been like, you know, focused on being a drag queen for however many years. That's her job. So yeah, I totally get it. And I, I just, it bothers me that some people are just like, you know, not understanding how much. Uh, yeah scarring emotionally and physically it was for her yeah if if anything she she is perhaps pushed herself too hard yeah and that you know she you know, said you know, she might have been better served coming back for season 11 yeah. and if she had had approached that the, the the producers and that you know when they said okay it's time for season seven saying oh can i do season 11 because i'm still recovering i'm sure they would have been accommodating yeah uh and also we know that uh drag race uh, is a, a mental toll on the contestants. So, yeah. with everything that's going on, and the fact that, like, she did point out that you know it was episode two that she was injured in last time, and now she's going into another phys. She's worried that she's going to hurt herself again. Right. Because I mean, it also, be. I mean, they they always throw out that whole thing. It's you know, like once a bone breaks, and you know it, you know, it mends. It's even stronger. That's bullshit. Yeah. And so, like, her knee is going to be damaged forever right and she's got to be really careful about what she does and how she does it and it was a, a very similar challenge because it was a musical it was it, even though it was the bring it on thing so yeah she's she's got reason to be you know and, and like, it bothers me it upsets me that you know again she's not getting the, the emotional support or the psychological support she probably needed to handle this because she wasn't not mentally prepared for this and yeah it's upsetting internet lesson for everybody so you know how everybody's always going it's like oh i this is triggering me and they say it about anything that squicks them out this is an actual trigger yes this is yeah. what a trigger looks like where there's something that you have gone through a traumatic experience and just being in a similar situation causes those feelings to come up again yeah, no, I mean, I don't blame her for breaking down. I wish that maybe they didn't focus on it so much because, honestly, it does take up a lot of the episode and it's just, it can become uncomfortable. And I think yeah. they got the point across on it. But, yeah. But but also, there's not been much else drama so far other than what Vixen is trying to create. So, to keep, you know, the, the drama going, which apparently is how they're doing the show now, you gotta kind of focus on Erika and her um, PSC team. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and considering they started PTSD. PTSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, post traumatic stress disorder or post traumatic stress syndrome. I think if you're in the UK, uh, I've already seen like Eureka already being emotionally fragile because of the last pick thing. So she's already not in great shape here. Um, then we went, actually, it was Illumination Day, and everybody was in the workroom again, and that's when Dusty was talking about her dots, um, and how she'd been red for using the dot makeup uh, the previous week, so she was trying right. to change things up, and, and as much as we had talked about in the last episode, rightfully so, that maybe it was a little early to clock her on them, I like the fact that Dusty actually paid attention, and she's, mm -hmm. and she's not like, well, fuck you, I'm gonna wear my dot, because, yeah. you know, I love my dots and they're me, she's actually saying, she's looking and listening and saying, okay, how can I change this? To please the judges and the thing yeah. is she did still have dots like yeah. when she actually does the runway you can see she has a couple of dots like mixed in with her eye makeup so she still stayed true to herself 
but appeased Michelle, which is, that's yeah. exactly what you need to do. Points, points to Dusty, yeah. yeah. And Callie confessed that she used to be 340 pounds. And if you look at her, she's not a tall person. No, she's a very yeah. small and, and and so you're not as small as Cracker, but she's still small. And it's just like, oh, that had to have been such a burden on her, her frame and stuff like that. And the fact that, you know, she saw Juju in season two, you know, and, you know, decided she needed to be like Juju B. And it's like, who wouldn't want to be like Juju B? And, you know, and, and, you know, sort of things out from there is that that's a great shout out to, you know, the power of the show in general to, you know, these uh, kids. We were talking about Calorie being possibly out of her league and being a little basic, but I like Calorie as a person. And when she was talking about being bullied and about the fact that she was picked on, you know, because she was fat, not because she was gay, like just, it made me cry because, I mean, you know, I was a fat kid too. And I went through a relationship yep. and, uh, you know, it, kids are cruel and it sucks. And, you know, Calorie, you know, the fact that Calorie had shit thrown at her you know just that they went through everything so yeah the fact that jujube actually helped her out of things was just like really made me happy and the fact that there was something that she could focus on and make her happy you know and, and give her some self-confidence because i think part of calorie's issue too is again lack of self-confidence um which is why i think she sort of she sticks in a comfort zone and she never really pushed herself right past it you know and i don't think it's just that oh well she's a small town girl she's from albuquerque and they're not on the same level as new york or chicago or la that's kind of i mean that's on a good enough excuse because I think there are amazing queens anywhere in the country. And I don't think it's just because especially nowadays when you have like the internet and you have resources that you wouldn't necessarily have had like 20, 30 years ago. Uh, one of the nice things about Calorie talking about seeing GGB on the show is this is something that we're going to see a lot more it come going into the future because the show's been on for 10 years now. So you have people who watched the first season of the show that were 13 at the time and now they're 23 and you know like aquarius age so they've been doing drag for you know five six years or whatever so they can get onto the show and talk about the fact that they were inspired to do drag by drag race so and i mean like that's one of the things like uh, there's a lot of people that, that criticize drag race for various things but that's one thing that they could they can never take away from the show that it is getting drag into the houses of people that might not see drag otherwise and showing them this is something that i can do right one of the things when we were at drag con in new york last fall that was just amazing to me in a, in a very positive way is that there are a lot of little kids we're talking like anywhere from like seven or eight to you know early teens that were there and lactatia is like a, was a baby uh, queen was nine years old and got a makeover from uh, ginger and then wound up being your flower girl at ginger's wedding at the con um and the fact that you have like my friend's daughter who was obsessed with the show and she's like eight years old um and she's been in a video with with bob the drag queen the fact that kids are growing up with this and it's not like some weird thing it's not something you know it's not uncle milty in a dress let's say or monty python as much as i love python it's not just haha look at those men in dresses this is like they're they're appreciating it as an art form as a lifestyle as something that's acceptable and good and, and i think that's so important so yeah i think if especially because we have the internet because we have tv as much as the internet sucks in so many ways and has been destructive, I think that's a positive that it's brought more people together. And yeah, teaching people that this is this is cool, this is okay, it's a good thing to do without like bullying them and, and making them feel small for doing it. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think all of us here, because we're geeks, we've all been, you know, the other just to a certain extent. It's really nice right. when you can see those kind, that kind of thing normalized and accepted as compared to making it some other point of derision. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I even went through it when I was a kid. And I mean, like, I'm not a drag queen. Uh, I'm, you know, a, a geeky queer woman. And I knew that even back then. But when I saw a Rocky Horror Picture Show and I was talking about it with one of my counselors, they called my parents about it. Oh, God. Yeah. What? Yeah, because I was actually affected by Rocky Horror Picture Show, and the counselor wanted to know why the fuck my parents allowed me to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was 11. Oh, God. Oh. Whereas I went to see my first viewing of Rocky Horror in the theater at midnight when I was, I want to say I was 14-ish. My dad's, my parents' friends took me because they were into it. My parents were not, but they were like, you know in their like late 30s early 40s at the time and they took us kids and i loved it their kids didn't appreciate it i thought it was the greatest thing ever and yeah and i went well it, so. i mean my parents had no problem showing it to me but it was just like this counselor at my school right. had a problem with me seeing it because she was incredibly you know and that's fucking damaging it is it is so then we had our main stage and we had the actual we saw the actual show live Rue looked amazing. Yes. Rue, I forgot to mention this in the last episode, but Rue has looked on point for the for season ten. Like she's patting her hips differently, and yeah. it's look it looks really fucking good. And I think Rue's um, wigs look better. Somebody I, I mentioned on the internet that Delta is now doing like Rue's wiggage for Rue because oh. they were saying that they thought that Delta put. Rue's wigs too far back on his head, which is why there's still kind of a funny hairline. But I thought Rue looked fucking amazing too. So yeah, well, I think well, I think the hairline is a combination of, of where it's placed on the forehead and what shading goes with it. Because you know the the, the uh, lace hair front tends to be darker than like an actual than like an actual skin tone, no matter what skin tone it is. And so you have to make it sure that that the shading that that's on that that hairline you know it matches blends. stuff so when you put you when you put the lace front in front of it it blends in yeah i so yeah i agree that rue has been looking fabulous uh so then we had the main stage and we had the pharma musical which and, and can i just say that they really need to have more than two voices yeah yeah recording the, recording these songs because it's like i can see where we've got these two talented ladies trying to do all sorts of voices but it's also obvious that it's just two ladies doing it. Yeah. And um, that doesn't quite fly. And I also have to say this is, I think, the Farmer Rusical is the weakest of the musical lip sync challenges that they've done so far. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought it was a funny concept and some of it was cute, but I, I also, it just was very wordy. I really, really felt like I needed subtitles to know what the hell everybody was singing because I didn't yeah. follow it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't catch any of the lyrics of the first viewing. The second viewing, I got some of them. So it's like, I probably need to see this like three more times to catch the, view- the lyrics. And I was like, I don't want to watch this three more times because the performances were so that. Yeah. Um, overall, I mean, like I have a couple of odd notes here, like or just random notes here. Like Eureka's lip sync was terrible. I don't know what she was singing, but she- I- it, she was singing cabbage, cabbage, cabbage. Yeah. Or pineapple, pineapple, you rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was awkward. Yeah, it was just terrible that she didn't know what was going on. And I noticed she was wearing flats. 
um, the whole time. Yeah. Which I, I mean, it was because of her knee, okay, but it feels like she could have worn stacked heels, you know, a platform, so... She could have worn a platform, yeah, yeah. just to give her some oomph, because the flats just look... It's kind of like Chi-Chi in All-Stars, where she was, like, doing the uh, baton twirler thing, and she was just wearing these really blah shoes with no... Yeah, and, and the problem with, with you know with being a large girl, if, if you don't have the heels on, your your legs are gonna look stumpy no matter how tall yeah, you are. Yeah, because I know Eureka. I re- didn't realize how tall Eureka was. I think she's like taller than everybody. She's a very tall person, but it didn't give her any oomph. You know, there was nothing. It was very ungainly. So. What I suggest right. for queens, especially for larger queens, and I mean, I know some people cl- will get clocked over this but um uh season eight yeah. layla, layla mcqueen wore these pair of stomps uh which i have and i used to wear these all the fucking time when i was in my really gothy phase and they're you know the the stacked sneakers you know very spice girls and right. they, they've got a small arch on them so that your your legs do get kind of the the heel lift on them but they're super comfortable and you can move around in them yeah. pretty good i think that you gotta have a pair of those rather than wearing these ballet flats yeah i mean for somebody i i'm you know a, not a small woman and i'm also short and i have back problems and i have knee problems so i cannot wear heels um i can't especially stiletto heels i mean forget it. i need to i personally need to wear something that's chunky so i wear chunky platforms or i wear you know, something with a stacked heel, and I'm fine, and I can move around. And if I can do it, Eureka should be able to do it. It's just ballet right. flats. And also, ballet flats aren't that healthy for you either, because your arches, especially if you're big, your arches tend to collapse. Yeah, there's no you know, foot support in them. Not even, you know, even even if you're wearing a, um, you know, support underneath in it, it's still not good enough, because you know, the sole is so thin, that it doesn't really back up you know, your weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just... Unfortunately, Eureka looked like very ungainly and kind of not. But um, the other thing that I said, especially when Team Vixen came out, there were too many damn bodysuits. Uh, Crack. Uh, the, yeah, it was Mayhem and Blair were all wearing some variation of a fucking bodysuit, and everyone keeps saying, no. at, "At season ten, how many times have we heard Michelle say, don't wear a fucking bodysuit?'" And there were- this whole the, the, this whole main stage, both the musical and the uh, best drag, was all. Body suits or leotards. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, um, Cameron, this is not how drag is. Cameron actually looked phenomenal because I thought she looked like a '70s disco queen. Oh yeah, she was great. And, and I, th- I want to say, you know, I think between last week and this week, the transformation between of Cameron, like between like boy, you know, boy clothes and and drag is just amazing. And I love mm-hmm. that he's actually kind of butch and the muscle queen. And then, as he said, he he really tries to do the the gamut. You know, just like complete opposites when he's in drag as compared to when he's out of drag. It's awesome. Yeah. Honestly, for the challenge, I think Dusty and Yuha were the ones who really stood out just in terms of the oh, challenge. Oh, Yuha. Yeah. Yeah, Yuha had, had like an actual form character. Yeah. Which she performed and stuck to. And she had a look that was not like every, anyone else's look. And so it's like, okay, girl, you win. Yeah. Because just a, Yuha a mess, was like, but, yeah. she was also funny and bubbly. And personable, I just like I thought Yuho was like just like loved. She reminded me a little bit of Osgood for those who watch Doctor Who. Oh so, yeah, like, the glasses and sort of the geeky or Hermione Granger type, where she was just like the the excited geeky, you know, sciency type, and I loved it. She just yeah. she stood out perfectly. I don't understand why they, you know, Team Vixen won the challenge, and I don't understand why again they were 
telling well, Vixen how awesome she was because I thought she was kind of boring. All right, I can understand why Team Vixen won. Yeah. Because watching the performances the second time, uh, Team Asia was, was very much kind of over the, you know, all over the place. Yeah, you know, some were good, some were bad, or whatever. Team Vixen was consistent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah every, every, you know, no one stood out, but no one sucked. And so that was a cohesive whole, and that's why they won. Yeah, no, it's not that I don't understand why Vixen got the kudos, but Vixen. Got I was bummed out that they didn't individual. Yeah. Um, because honestly, I think that if they had, Dusty would have won. Yeah, even on Asia's team, I just thought that you know, Vixen's team was good, and they they held everything together. But I don't think the Vixen herself had much to do with it. But that maybe I like. Well. It. I, I think she may have just got it because she was team captain and no yeah. one actually stood out. Yeah. yeah, so the losing team was Asia's team. Um, and then, I mean, I thought Dusty Ray was amazing. Well, yeah, well, well let's, let's, let's talk, talk about, about the runway. The, uh, yeah. the, the very best drag runway. Yeah. And uh, it was so many bodysuits, so many leotards. I just can't even. Here's the thing. You know that this wasn't their best drag. Not they've all close. got. Been. They've all got a better drag in their bags that they're hoping that they can bring out on the finale, and it's like, no, it needed to happen here. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, Dusty Ray looked phenomenal. I just thought, you know, she worked with the hair, yeah. the makeup, that blazer, the scarf, yeah. the whole look was. I mean, and it was simple, but it worked beautifully. Well, let, let's let, let's go down the list. Yeah. Uh, first, we had Asia, yeah. right. Who was who was in a in a pink? It was in a bodysuit with nude illusion with neon pink fluttery bits. It was cute, basic. But it, it was, was a bodysuit. <laughs> it was a bodysuit, but it wasn't a bodysuit that bothered me. It because it had more going for it than I yeah. feel like the other bodysuits did. Because uh, it was they were kind of it was kind of more of like a ballroom dancing type thing. Yeah, it had some some detailing to it, and it had some. It stood out comparatively, but it, it, I would still not say it's best drag. Yeah. It was just better drag than all. other people. So, yeah. Okay. But I thought she looked very nice. Yeah. I, I think she's got a lot of, you know, she's got potential. She's good. So. Next is Yuha. Right. Yuha. Yeah. Who was, who was pretty much the same as Asia, but in blue. Yeah. And it was less nude illusion. Yeah, it was cute. And, and, and she actually got, uh, bought a wig off of Manila. And, uh, and, you know, and, and Yuha did get clocked later on, and rightly so. And then she started arguing back about, yeah. oh, well, I have a better one, but I didn't wear it because of the colors. Well, you know what? They're, they're, you know, Ross or whoever said it was right. There was Ross, yeah. yeah. But it's not a good, ex- it's not an excuse. Yeah. If it's in the closet, you can't see it. That's why it's in the closet. And also, you know, some other people have brought multiple looks just in case. So it's like, granted, you know, nobody, was, you know, Yuha didn't necessarily know she was going to be working with, like, security tape or whatever criminal scene tape the the challenge before so yellow and black but bring an alternate just in case that's at the same level because you never know when something's going to happen and you need something yeah i mean i thought she actually looked good but you know it's you know it's a bodysuit yeah with fishnets yeah Dusty Ray. Dusty Ray. Dusty Ray. Oh was my so God, beautiful. She was beautiful. She was. I just like the just the way she carried herself, the makeup, the hair, the the shoes, the stockings, the, everything. Just it, and it was a simple thing, but it wasn't a bodysuit, and she worked it so damn. Yeah, I would I would describe it as Beetlejuice meets Judy Garland for, in the Come On Get Happy number. Yeah. Yes, Summerstock. Excellent. Yeah. Or, yeah. But Raven, 
probably would have an issue with the shoes because it had it had that little little eggle strap. Well, I did watch the fashion photo review, and Raven did not point out anything about that because really? Raven was yeah. so taken by the fact that this outfit was seems to have been inspired by a fashion doll by Jason Wu. Yeah, it's Integrity okay. Toys. Yes, and if you actually look at the doll, almost everything about like. Dusty's is a little more detailed, like with the se- the sequin on the, or the rhinestone, I guess it probably oh, yeah, is. Yeah. But even the shoes were very similar, except Dusty's were black, where the sh- the uh, the dolls were red. So right, that's and it's phenomenal. okay. That's really cool. And, you know, just you would find a doll, you know, uh, as a doll collector myself, to be able to get that kind of inspiration is awesome. And I just I just thought it was perfect. And once again, very simple in terms of the pieces. But like Michelle, like Padma, like Halsey, I would happily go and fight them in the parking lot. Not for the- oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that jacket was phenomenal. It, just- no, I'd it was. I wouldn't fight them for the jacket because I wouldn't be able to fit into it. I want to make my own version oh, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't be yeah, able to fit too. into yeah. it either. <laughs> but at least you'd own it. Exactly. Yeah. I just, I just, yeah. So we're trailing over you, Dusty, if you're listening. And also I like the fact, again, that she listened about the makeup and she worked in the dots but she downplayed it, and nobody. And Michelle said she couldn't see the dots. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it proves she listened. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Monique Hart is next. What was basically you have with with Manila's Muppet eyes as a hairpiece. Yeah, and then and then when she did the reveal, she she revealed herself to be Miley Cyrus. So apparently Manila and Miley both had garage sales where Monique picked up these items from i was everybody was going on about the eyes on her head and they were just like these big like you, you pick them up at michael's like the big styrofoam balls and she just like drawn right. onto it with like sharpie yeah yeah and i was exactly i was surprised nobody like made a cookie monster joke because that's basically what it was raven yeah, did which is why i think of manila is on yeah. you know yeah, manila did it better she definitely oh yeah yeah and i don't understand i you know i was with the judges that i did not understand what the reveal had any, you know, look two had nothing to do with look one, and there was no like transition, nothing. It was like, oh, I yeah. wear another bodysuit underneath, and isn't that special? Surprise, surprise! Yeah, it did nothing. So the next was Calorie, and oh, I love Calorie as a person. I think she's really sweet, and but she's in such a like, she's uh, I don't know, it was a mess. It just- she had the exact same wig. Uh, that she wore when or in her entrance look. She just took like the very front center part and instead of letting it drag back behind her, she made it in, into a little bun. Yeah. And it's just like, oh girl, no. And she's wearing a bodysuit, which is basically you know, the fat girl's you know, leotard. Right. And it was so basic. She's not worn anything that's not been a bodysuit except for that damn money dress that she made. Everything right. that she's worn yeah. is not a bodysuit. And I know you like your body, but seriously best drag i mean like it's not a bad bodysuit but best fucking drag like no that sh- shake and go wig rhinestone bodysuit that is something that you'd wear to go out to the club no, no in the promos you know she was wearing that very cool like 1960s go-go dress with the, the fringe you know which is sort of flapper yeah. dress too and she looked awesome in it. it's like why didn't she learn i mean unless they shot the promos afterwards but that kind of thing looks fabulous on her and fits the curves and instead of like a fucking bodysuit again they do shoot the promos afterwards. You no, know, that kind of a dress, like, just worked so well on her. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I didn't realize her size when I saw her in that dress because it's so flattering to her body type. Yeah, whereas, I mean, I know she's shown off her curves, but that bodysuit did not really do anything for her 
Except showing off her ass, which I know she likes to shake. So um, yeah. yeah, it was just a hot mess. And also, I kind of might have made a Rose Tyler joke also because of that wig. It was very... Oh, yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> it was right. Season 9 promo, you're right. Yeah, and her... Um, oh, season 1 promo. It's empty, empty child hair, too. So it's... Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. It's a very Billy Piper circa 2005. <laughs> and it did nothing for her. And next we have Eureka in another fucking bodysuit. Oh, what a surprise. Oh my gosh, a bodysuit. We've not seen any of that on the runway this week. Oh my god. And I mean it was cool it was cool that it like changed colors if you like stroke it, but Except she didn't. Yeah. She barely she, did she that. She did a little bit. She did a little bit, but not enough to actually make it obvious. Yeah, it's unless you Watch it more than once. Yeah, and it's like I said, it, it was nice that it did that, but it didn't do anything for her. If she, if she want, she had that dress, and she made a deal out of the fact that it could change. She needed to just run her hands up the whole front of her body, and then as she walk it back, do it on the fucking ass. Yeah, she needed to play with herself more. <laughs> as, it were. as it were. Yeah, and, and again, you, I don't know, you just her like fear, anxiety. Everything was going on just seemed to radiate from her. She was just like completely off the whole time. Um, and then it was Aquaria next. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh. All right. I'm going to start ranting here because I think Aquaria's drag was boring. She said it was like, oh, it was hyper feminine, but androgynous. It's like, I'm sorry. You can't. What the, f- what the f- You can't mean? both. And again, I inter- yeah. again, no padding, no like womanly shape. Okay, fine. But that seems to be Aquarius' thing, and as we said again, Aquaria like needs boobs on occasion. I wouldn't have a problem with it if we hadn't already seen it three times before. Yeah, She's never worn fucking tits. Yeah, and to me, like best drag, it was like there was nothing underneath it. It was just like a you know a black net dressy thing, and I didn't like the the green thing sticking up from her head. Um, I don't know. It was just a hot mess, and I don't understand again why they were gagging over her. My interpretation of it. Is it was uh, solo in the spotlight <laughs> had a had a which is, which is a very famous, iconic you know, early Barbie dress had a child with Oscar the Grouch and needed the, the huge rings in the nose to figure out where her mouth was. <laughs> it was just again it was a hot mess and it was black and green so maybe she was like showing her slither inside I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it just I did not like it at all. So again, <laughs> I don't get it. So, and then after Query, was there somebody else? I just thought, the Vixen, Vixen. The Vixen. Yeah, the Vixen. Which is almost not a bodysuit, but it really was. Yeah. I, sh- I thought she looked okay, but I didn't love it. Yeah. It was it was there. Yeah, so, I don't know. Next. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Then. Ms. Cracker. <laughs> is, is is that a plaque on your head, or are you just happy to see <laughs> me? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was, I mean, that's apparently her signature look with the crack on her head. Yep. Yeah. But she wasn't in a bodysuit. She's in a really nice uh, gold, dress. gold dress, which was well fitted with a nice bustier and a nice, you know, tight skirt. And it was great. Yeah, it, it was, was futuristic and clean. I loved it. Yeah. So again, like everybody, anybody who's thinking that Aquaria and, and Cracker are, are so the same, they're not even remotely in the same spheres. And I'm, I'm too Cracker. And it was actually funny because this past week was, of course, Passover and Easter. And Cracker, I saw some fan art where they'd taken the Cracker on her head and turned it into a matzah. Cause, <laughs> sweet! Yeah, because um, Cracker actually posted a bunch of things on her, her Instagram because she loves the fan art. And I, that was just, she, I thought that was just funny as all hell. So I just 
you know, add to the cracker. Um, yeah, so that was a, I thought it was a cute look, too. So uh, Next was Mayhem. I don't even remember what she was. Glamour. She was glamour. Yeah. I thought the dress was really nice, but I wanted to tear that tool thing off because oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. It looked like she had just taken like a roll of tool and like cut it in half and like stuck it on her shoulders. Yeah, but her the dress out. looked really nice. Yeah, the color was really beautiful. That was the sort of turquoise and, and gold. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that she looked really good. So, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Next was Blair St. Clair. Serving Anne Margaret realness. That dress was everything. It was, oh, yeah. Yeah. As Raven pointed out, that dress probably weighs more than she does. (laughs) And it probably takes up half of one of Blair's bags, and they only get to bring, like, three of them with her. So, like, that is absolutely her best rag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least somebody listened to the rules, right? Unlike Cameron, who is just another bodysuit with a fluffy bits. Cameron's thing, I I like. I mean, I know it's another bodysuit, but if it hadn't been for the tulle skirt, I would have actually kind of liked it. Like the the butterflies were cute, but like the tulle skirt, the way it was attached was so an afterthought, and it looked sloppy to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I like the thought behind it, though. The fact that she was kind of like you know this fern girly. Yeah, fern girly. Um, yeah, it was like the Fairyland Fern Gully thing. So I th- at least it had some oomph to it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it, it could have been better, but it was certainly not just a fucking bodysuit. And I liked the hair and I liked the detail in it. Last was Monet Exchange. And I I really liked, I know it's another bodysuit, but I really liked this one. because It was kind of Nene Lakes. It was kind of sassy. Yeah. yeah I sh- like the whole package As to basic. looked yeah. really good together. Like it was a really nice bodysuit. Like that, like rich yeah. ruby with that like blonde like white blonde wig which really yes, suited her yes. skin tone i thought she looked sickening oh yeah, yeah. i was very sur- she was good yeah it was, at least it was different again and she wore it well and it was a full body suit and it just wasn't the same old same old thing so also i think i like monet had a little bit of a mary j blige thing going on again with the so. i yeah. can see that yeah could be combo right. too. yeah 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 judging what Granted, for judging, I don't really have much notes other than I don't. It's obvious that Rue is in the bag for Aquaria. Oh, yeah. I, and I, we don't know why. Why the hell? Yeah, everybody yeah. was. I mean, even the fact that Padma was like, "Oh, Aquaria is like doesn't realize the power she has." Yeah, you know, she does because she's got a fucking ego the size of the planet, and she doesn't deserve it. So yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know Aquaria is going to end up being at least top four unless she de- oh. unless she fucks up like Valentina did. Yeah. Um, she, she's going to be only hope she fucks up it, like Valentina And it did. makes please, me really mad. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, I don't really have any notes on the judging. The judging was pretty much like, yeah, Corey is the word, and you should have you know, chose a better option, and, and Erika could just stop with the freaking crying. Yes. Oh. And we'll talk about that when we, we start talking about Untucked, because that was like Waterworks Central. Um, Let, let's touch on the lip sync. Because it was Calorie and Erika doing the best of my love by their emotions. And um, I really thought that Calorie was bringing it. Because Eureka was very serious and, 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 you know, not for this. Kind of, it's kind of a up, you know, upbeat, happy song. But Eureka was very serious. But you could tell from the editing that, oh, yes, Eureka's going to win. Yeah. I see. I thought that Eureka actually found some fire in her belly and I gave her because I, I, you could sort of see when she suddenly clicked in and said, shit, I have to push. 
and she mm-hmm. pushed through some of it and i thought like especially when she started dancing and she was kind of doing the over emotional thing it worked for me whereas like the cat was good okay. but she couldn't break out of her little the little box that we've seen her in which... yeah yeah could, immigrant stuff didn't work for me but that's a fair cop yeah. I mean, both of them, I didn't think either of them were, were too great. And I think at this point, it's like, they think that Eureka has more to show that she is just been scared by what happened with her last time. While I think they really kind of thought, you know, this is Calorie's second time in the bottom. And also, I, I don't think that they've been impressed by anything that Calorie's done. So I think it's not so much that Calorie lost the lip sync. I just think that she lost worse than you know yeah eureka and like i said yeah. I, I started to see some spark in eureka from where what we had seen last season so i think maybe they saw it too that she was starting to bring it and she was trying to like she like i said she was wearing heels she was dancing a little bit she we'll see what happens but calorie kind of just seemed to be on the same level unfortunately she was not breaking out or showing any real gumption so i don't know we'll see where that goes um so can you right. talk about the untucked my first note about Untuck is, can we stop with the freaking captions? Yes. Are we dumb or something? Apparently. No, it, it's like the equivalent of, of how to sidewalk, you know, doing the, uh, the doctor and Sarah <laughs> will go to the strange planet kind of thing. And it's just like, you know, people are smart. We don't need a saga cell and captions. Mm-hmm. You can do the saga cell, which is RuPaul's voiceover at the beginning. But we don't need the captions as well because, you know, people are kind of clever. We could kind of figure these things out. Yeah, and after 10 years, you'd think people would have figured out. But, ev- but even if they're just coming to Untucked, it's it's kind of obvious what's going yeah. on. Yeah. No, I don't have a lot of comments on Untucked. Um, I thought it, I was very uncomfortable watching it because there was so yeah. much melting down. I did think that I was surprised that Vixen came out and was comforting calorie yeah and i thought it's like that too yeah wow you you're somewhat human yeah i thought i also give props because mayhem seemed to have turned into everybody's mom um and she was just sort of there and and, and supporting everybody which i thought was really sweet and very nice so mm-hmm. because she's got so much experience in the drag world she kind of like knows everybody and i think that's sort of who she is so yeah i like that but yeah there was so much crying and so much emotion and so much like you know, sharing of stories and bad stuff. And I yeah, feel badly for both Calorie and Eureka because they're friends. It was one of those things where they didn't want to compete against one another. And uh, for Calorie, I mean, like, I've been kind of ragged on Calorie, you know, because she was kind of cannon fodder in this. We know that there's going to be some queens that are going to go first, and she was one that was going to go first. But um, our friend friend of the podcast, Andy, has said that Calorie is extremely nice and also... Calorie has made New Mexico proud, which is the thing that she really wanted to do, and they are definitely proud of her down there. So, which, which they deserve to be, and I really, I, I think this will be good for Calorie's career. Also, obviously, she's going to do like season ten contestant tours now, and she's going to get more exposure. And I think she's just, she's a diamond in the rough. I think there's a lot of potential there. She just kind of has to step it up a little bit, and hasn't. It's like Shangela. Look, you know, when Shangela was first on the show, I don't think anybody expected Shangela to be the fucking powerhouse that she is now. She was kind of a joke, but she got better and she learned. And I think Calorie will too. You know, and and like I said, she seems like a lovely person, so I'm not like ragging on her on that end, you know. But yeah, she it was her time. She just couldn't hold her own in the middle of everything else. And there's a lot of queens right now, so... (laughs) 
In the meantime, though, it would be really nice if, if Untuck stopped being RuPaul's crying game. Obviously, you know, you want to anticipate queens breaking down during the course of the season, but you don't expect that until, like, episode six or episode seven. Yeah. And here it is, episode one and two. It's like, if this is how, drama, how dramatic it is for the first two episodes... Well, are we going to have to wade through when it gets to be episode eight? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's just the waterworks thing, and it's getting. Yeah. I mean, I understand that everybody has their crosses to bear. I know it's Easter, so probably not the day to you. But no, I just it, it's very emotionally unsettling. I think just from the viewer point of view, because you know it just it makes you upset too, and you want. I mean, for me, I want to watch this and be happy and like watch all this like fabulous showmanship or showpersonship. And not necessarily just be like, oh my god, I know what it's like to be bullied, and know what it's like to be the fat kid. Oh my god, I, you know, blah, 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 and then, like, crying over it. Yeah. Right, I mean, although, although that stuff is important, too, it's just that it is perhaps too much in the front of things now. Yeah. yeah. Where, where it was sort of like a, oh, this is an added bonus, here's all, here's all this glamour, here's all this construction, here's all this making yourself, and oh yes, there's this, these people who have been bullied, too, or whatever. But now it's like, there's these people who've been bullied, only oh, yeah, we can make costumes. I mean, even in Untucked, I mean, like, it's been a slog to get through for the last two episodes for me. But I mean, if you think back on, like, seasons uh, three, uh, four, five, six, you would have, you know, messages from home. And yeah. so you would have these oh, yeah. emotional moments, but then you would also have, like, some really nice stuff that would come up. And I don't feel like we're getting that anymore and i mean i know those ones were a lot more produced and everything was felt more scripted but this is just it's a little too we are going to make you feel things yeah um actually speaking of messages from home um stupid i should have looked it up but um calorie because i follow her on social media her mom actually wrote her like note just talking about how much she loved him and how much she thought you know no matter what he did he was still her son still her boy and she was like so thrilled for him and everything he did and like just the fact that he brought as much as he did to it and it was just a lovely thing that you know his mother you know Keller's mom just really really loves him and supports him and wants to do you know wants him to do what he can and so and, and he just posted it i think on instagram probably like other social media mm-hmm. things but it was very moving and it's always nice to see that when somebody's family actually supportive Instead of a lot of the, you know, the stories we hear, like um, that was uh, was it Monique who was talking about their family and their like third or fifth generation evangelical, uh, yeah, and then not even be able to like share the moment with his mom, um, let alone anybody else because they didn't know what was going on. And I've forgotten about. I made a note about that. So there was more crying there, but. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, so it's nice when somebody's, you know, when a contestant's parent is actually, or family is there for them and behind mm-hmm. them and not just abandoning them. Because we've seen so much of that, too. So, yeah, just on a little aside that it was a nice thing. I would have liked to have seen that in Untuck, but I guess it happened after the show. Probably, uh, yeah. So, I think we should probably get to our C-U-N-T? I think so. Uh, so, for Charisma, um, I went with Yua. Okay. Because I, I thought she stood out. Like, I mean, I don't know if her, like, lip sync was the best, but she stood out to me just with her characterization, so. Okay, I can, see, I, I can get down with that, yeah. I'm going to say Cracker also, because just a lot yeah. of personality there, and a lot of just, like, this is me, I'm standing out in the crowd, 
of like way too many queens right now. Uh, uniqueness. Who didn't wear a bodysuit? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to give it to Dusty just because it wasn't a bodysuit and it was fucking sickening. Yeah. I had okay. nowhere to put yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Like I said, because everybody, if you're going to stand out and be unique, do it like majorly. And she did. Yeah. And nerve. I don't know. I don't feel like anybody was that nervy in terms of bitchy and that not that nervy in terms of pushing themselves out of their comfort zone. I would have said well, Vixen well, for bitchy. Vixen was bitchy. Okay, yeah, Vixen is total she had bitch. And I also want to say Aquaria because she's really delusional at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is people like Rue are also feeding that delusion. Uh, yes, this is so. Yeah. Um, and for talent, I had Alyssa Edwards. <laughs> yes! yes! God! <laughs> Just because she's Alyssa fucking it. Yes. Yeah, and again, nobody showed like any major, major like standout. Yeah, nobody stood yeah, I mean, Alyssa was, like, the mo- was the most talented person we saw. Come on. Yeah. Well, Alyssa's she's rad she's just she is yeah so girl if you're listening because we know you are haha <laughs> <laughs> bring yes. Alyssa back we want more Alyssa less Todrick <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least once a season if not more and let her be a judge so yes right, so yes. I think we can sort of wrap up our, our long and winding conversation about this week uh, the Rusical and I don't even know what's happening next week even though I saw the promo like three times uh, it's a thing it's a thing It'll happen. Uh, yeah, I saw the I saw the promo too, and it didn't stick in my head. So Which is, I can't tell you. That's unfortunately something that seems to be going on this season. Uh, not that it's bad. I'm enjoying it, but there's something that's not quite grabbing me the way it has in past. And I don't know. If it's, right. I'm still, I'm still dealing with the disappointment of All Stars, or whether it's just nobody's really blown me away yet. Oh no! Yeah. Wait, wait, wait! It was. It was. No, wait. It was some kind of uh, comedy challenge. Because it's because remember, remember seeing the two queens like trying to be funny. Oh yeah, against yeah, each yeah. Other. It was, no, no, it was a dating app. They're gonna dating app. Dating app. They're gonna app, make yes, a dating, dating app, app okay. next week, and we'll see where that goes. At least the promos look like the promos for the dating app that they were doing looked like it might be kind of funny. And hopefully, it'd be a better date, date, dating app for the, than the one for the other uh, Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you love guns? Do you love guns more than anything? You love guns. You love George Wendt. You love George Wendt with guns. <laughs> Yeah, Anyways, I, anyway, as we're veering towards the political, um, yeah, I, I until next week. This is Jan and Red and MC. Bye. 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 Bye.